Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the 49ers Paradise Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in once again and for continuing to tune in and send me your feedback. Happy you're all enjoying the podcast, and uh, let's get started. Uh, This week, once again, we go sponsor-free. Again, anybody looking to sponsor a podcast show can have up to a 30-second commercial at the start of every single or any 49ers Paradise podcast. Write me at podcast at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. I'll be happy to give you some advertising details and work out a plan that just fits you guys perfectly. Moving on then, got a little bit of uh, a game going on this past week, which was refreshing to see. But before we get into that, we're going to just talk a little bit about uh, some new things going on at the site. Um, I mentioned last week that we're going to be working on a few new wallpapers and maybe some Aim Buddy logos and stuff to get going. Still, still work in progress, and hopefully, Twins Papa will get uh, get his act together. Come on, man, and uh, find some time where he can actually put that stuff together for us. Uh, I know a lot of you are looking forward to it, and I know I got some emails from you guys, uh, obviously expressing interest in it. So that should be exciting. Um, a couple questions, or rather, before we get to the questions, I got uh, got some news about the site. I'm working out a deal with Mitchell and Ness. Uh, they are responsible for all of the 49, well, all of the throwback jerseys that you see are pretty much Mitchell and Ness. They make really high quality stuff. Going to be offering their stuff to all of you guys via 49ersparadise.com. So, of course, that should be a really a uh, great venture for the site and a great opportunity for all of you to get your hands on some really wicked merchandise. They have some really incredible throwback stuff. Jackets, jerseys, you name it, they do it. I'm um, really looking forward to going ahead with that. Of course, every purchase you make has a small but uh, significant impact on the wealth of 49ers Paradise and the ability to sustain the site. Um, obviously, as the site grows, things do get a little bit more more expensive to run and more expensive to keep going. So hopefully that'll be a nice way, a nice compromise to get a little bit more cash flow coming in and keep the site running as well, if not better, than we've come to expect. All right, now we can hit up some questions. I've got uh, two again this week. I usually try and hit for two, so if you don't hear your question come up this week, it's possible that it'll come up next week. Um, The first one is from Chris in Oakland. It's uh, pertaining to Maurice Hicks and whether or not we're going to see him as the starting running back for the 49ers, which um, I do think is not very likely. I do think he's going to see an increased uh, workload in the coming weeks, especially if Frank Gore's injury to his groin persists. Um, I think Kevin Barlow will be back at the starting back position. A concussion is usually a week-to-week thing. Um, So I, I suspect Barlow will start. Hicks will be the backup and. Gore might take another week, maybe two, to recover, although that's truly based on speculation because there's been no preliminary report published by the 49ers yet as to the injury status of Frank Gore. So that'll be an interesting thing to follow. Now, Hicks took the ball and ran with it big time this game. Uh, Two runs put him over 70 yards right off the bat, which was really refreshing to see. It was instant offense. Uh, similar to what we had seen with Charlie Garner, but obviously a completely different styled running back. I like Hicks. I'm a little bit worried that uh, that's sort of a one-time performance and not something he can deliver consistently, 
but hopefully he can go out there and prove to all of us that he deserves a starting job or at least a backup job. It could answer our questions as to what to do this offseason with Kevin Barlow. We might see that Barlow departs and uh, Goran Hicks take over the the jobs uh, between the two of them. And uh, that could also alleviate pressure to draft a guy like Bush uh, this year high in the draft, which I know a lot of 49er fans are hoping hoping for because he is such a playmaker. But uh, the Niners have so many different needs, it's hard to believe that they'll go running back, um, even if the guy is a huge playmaker. Uh, moving on, then, we have a question from Dan in New York who asks whether or not we have a quarterback controversy on our hands. And I guess when you're rotating quarterbacks, what, three, four, five times in a season, uh, that type of question's bound to reoccur a few times. Uh, Ken Dorsey had a great game. It was far better than I was expecting, although it is not something that I would have put past him last year or this year. Uh, Drafting Dorsey, I was happy when we did that. I continued to think he could be a quarterback in this league, and that last performance was why I think that. Dorsey is a well-rounded quarterback. He's a winning quarterback. He typically makes good decisions with the ball. He has good pocket presence. And uh, his arm was a little bit stronger this year after working on it uh, quite significantly this offseason. Now, is he going to beat out Alex Smith? I still think Alex Smith is a starting quarterback of this team. I don't know how long that will be. I have a feeling that this offseason it's going to be wide open competition for the starting spot. Um, And I think Dorsey will be a factor in that competition. But I do think the 49ers will try and get Smith some reps and see what they have in him before deciding one way or another. Dorsey's ankle injury is probably going to give Nolan an excuse to sit him down next week and uh, start Alex Smith, who probably is ready, was up on the sidelines tossing the ball around a little bit when uh, Dorsey did re-injure his ankle a little bit. Uh, quarterback controversy, not quite, but it's getting there, and I think the 49ers would really have to bite the bullet if they're going with uh, Ken Dorsey over the $40 million man, Alex Smith. I don't know which way I would go, and I'm happy it's not a decision that I'd have to make, but uh, as long as we're improving on a week-to-week basis, and as long as the quarterback isn't the reason why we're losing, I do think that uh, we should be able to find one of these guys to come in and, and take charge of the role, and I, that could still be Cody Pickett, even if he didn't have such a wonderful performance a couple weeks ago. So still a lot of questions at the quarterback position, and uh, nothing I'm really ready to jump on the ba- bandwagon with and run yet. Either guy, as long as they're winning and more than capable, I'm happy with. Uh, moving on to quarterback notes, I guess I'm going to jump right into the Steve Young retirement ceremony, or rather Hall of Fame ring ceremony, whatever you want to call it. It was just uh, great to see Steve Young back in in Candlestick. I I mean, the guy is awesome. I'm a huge Steve Young fan. I wish I could have appreciated him as much in his early career as I did in his later career. And I started appreciating him probably in the early 90s before the Super Bowl. But I would have liked to have known what we really had in him when he took over for Joe. I would have loved to have jumped right onto his bandwagon. Um, but I didn't, I'll admit that, and uh, it took me a couple of years to warm up to him. And certainly as Steve progressed, he certainly found a place in my heart. The guy is truly an amazing person, he's an amazing player, and uh, it was just great to see him out there. It was great to see the fans just go nuts when he came out onto the field, so much so that he couldn't even quiet them down to start his speech. 
that is Steve Young. That's the guy who we all, you know, just really, really look up to. And uh, his speech was just classic. I mean, Steve Young can speak. When he said that that line about uh, being born in Candlestick, growing up in in Candlestick, and becoming a man in Candlestick, I mean, that was just wicked. There's no doubt about it that Steve Young can deliver an amazing speech, probably as good as anything he's ever done on the field. So I really, really cherish being able to be able to see that and hear that. And man, it must have been amazing for those of you who are actually there to see that. Please write in with your comments and share them with us because I know a lot of people are anxious to hear about that. Um, which obviously brings me to my next point of Jerry Rice. When are the Niners going to get their act together and uh, get Rice in there for a little bit of a retirement ceremony? Still sitting with one roster spot open? I'm... Uh, beginning to wonder if it's ever going to happen this season. So 49ers really need to get their act together, and I don't understand what's happening with their public relations department. I mean, when Kirk Reynolds was there, I'm quite certain that this type of thing would not have happened. And speaking of Kirk Reynolds, for those of you who are really observant or uh, in the chat this weekend during the game, you would have noticed that Kirk Reynolds was actually on the field. He was in charge of Steve Young's uh, public relations, and uh, I have to wonder if the 49ers are going to try working him back in or, you know, uh, getting some advice from him about how to do these type of things, but I know when I saw him and I pointed it out in the chat, I was just really happy to see him because I think he was completely misunderstood, and I think the 49ers did not react well to that whole situation. I think the whole thing could have been avoided, and, uh, Heck, if we can give Terrell Owens a second chance, why can't we give Kirk Reynolds a second chance? Uh, that much I don't know, and I'd love an answer to. All right, so moving on to the actual game. I mean, it only took ten and a half minutes to get there, right? Um, this is a game where the 49ers can actually be proud of. They came in, they fought hard, and for the first time in a very, very long time, not only did they score one touchdown, two touchdowns, but they also looked like they were playing to win and not just not to lose. And that's a huge statement because up until now, the 49ers have sort of been hanging in there, hoping they weren't going to get blown out, trying to get as, you know, a few points here and there, but they weren't committed to winning. And that was clear from the play calling, and that was clear from the execution. Boom, we make a couple changes to the offensive line. Ken Dorsey steps in and starts throwing the ball downfield. We start with a play-action play to start off the game, and suddenly the 49ers are throwing a screen pass? What's with that? The Niners finally opened up the playbook, finally start executing a few plays, and no, it wasn't the best game of the season, and no, it wasn't the future or a, the team turning the page. It takes more than one game for that to happen. But as this team begins to flip over to the next page, this is what we need to build on. This is the type of game that we need to build on, and it's the offensive play calling that we need, the defensive play calling that we need, and the execution, because quite frankly, this team is not going to win if they sit back there, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. There's no way. They need to pick up two, three yards on first and second down so they can convert a third down, and they need to know that they're going to convert those third downs. And, of course, they need to score touchdowns. Now, touchdowns, that brings me, of course, to Brandon Lloyd. Brandon Lloyd had just an outstanding game, over 100 yards, but what really, really caught my attention, obviously, was Lloyd's one-handed diving catch 40 yards down the field. 
This guy is highlight reel catch after highlight reel catch. If that wasn't enough, he caught a leaping touchdown pass, falling backwards. If that wasn't enough, well, he also made a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone while being pushed out. And really, I think that test or the non-touchdown pass should have been called a touchdown. I think the refs completely blew that call. At the very least, it should have been pass interference. Now, what Lloyd really needs to work on is his consistency because he did drop a potential touchdown pass that probably would have been his easiest catch in weeks. So Lloyd really needs to make sure that not only is he making those acrobatic catches, but every ball that comes his way, he's got a catch. It's really that simple. That's what will take him to the next level, and that's what will you know completely win a spot for him as the starting receiver on this team. So hats off to Lloyd. I'm really happy to see Dorsey going down the field to go go get him, toss that ball up, let Lloyd go after the ball. Um, Dorsey really had a good handle on the offense, and there was no doubt that McCarthy was calling a way better game than he has on offense all season. So those were steps in the right direction. Defensively, there were also steps in the right direction, particularly in the fourth quarter where the 49ers forced three three and outs. When was the last time you saw this team do that in the fourth quarter? Never, because they're always way too tired on defense because the offense just goes three and out themselves. Now that the defense has a little bit of time on the sidelines, we can see things starting to come together. And uh, the defensive play calling was way better than it has been in the past. They knew what Seattle was trying to do, and they were able to execute. Um, You saw blitzes, you saw pressure from the front four, you saw corner blitzes. It was really a good game plan all around. Of course... Julian Peterson, Derek Smith, man, Andre Carter, these are the guys who I mention week in, week out, and quite frankly, they deserve it. Um, They really, really performed well. Bruce Thornton had a so-so game at cornerback. It was probably his worst game yet, but even still, it was better than what I've come to expect from 49ers cornerbacks in recent years. He did a decent job, and if he would have made that one interception that he dropped, you could have even said he did a good job. So I'm really happy to see he's continuing to progress. Shante Spencer, I'm still not impressed with that cornerback. I think he might be a good nickel cornerback, but we really need to find two starting two starting cornerbacks. One of that one of those guys might be Thornton. I don't know who the other guy is. Ahmed Plummer's attitude and his injury this season. I I just don't know what's going on there. I'm beginning to think that he might not be along might might not be around much longer because I don't think Nolan's going to stand for that type of thing. Hopefully we will see Plummer work his way back into the lineup because he does have talent. He's not uh, he's not Deion Sanders, but heck, he's better than you know an unhealthy body back there or you know a 16th stringer who's been passed around from six different teams. There's no doubt that Plummer's better than that. Hopefully he can step in and contribute to this team, and hopefully he can show us that he's the classy player we thought he was when we drafted him. Now, when I speak about the defense, I obviously have to speak about Brian Young. Young went down with a high ankle injury and a knee injury. The extent of the damage is not yet known. Um, If it was just the ankle injury, there's reason to believe Young would have continued to play in the game, but the knee injury seemed to bother him. I am a huge Brian Young fan. I want him to be a part of this team when we win our next Super Bowl because, quite frankly, he's the only guy around who can pass a torch on to these younger guys. He's the only guy who's been there before. Now, Bryant Young is an excellent, excellent player, and when he went down with that injury, that really, really hurt to see. He is having an absolutely amazing season. 
he has come back so hard from his uh, titanium rod implant in his leg. I just really hope that he's okay and he can continue to contribute to this team because BY is just an absolute monster on the defensive line. I really, again, hope that he he can be there and do something. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have Quaim Harris, and uh, the issue there is why is he getting called for penalty after penalty after penalty, and why haven't the why haven't the 49ers sat his butt down on the bench and said, you know what, if you're going to keep doing that, if you're going to keep playing like that, we're going to play one of our young guys who's sitting there behind you. Uh, the team took the right approach with Anthony Clement. It paid off big time. Snyder had a good game. I have a good feeling that Bass could step in and play a decent role. I am really, really discouraged with Harris these days. I was really high on him coming out of the draft, but I'm just beginning to think that he's too slow to play the tackle position. Maybe he could play the guard position if he doesn't have to pull. I don't know, but I'm really, really disappointed that we have such a big body in there, such a, lot, a high draft pick invested in him, and he's just not coming He's just not coming through for us. So I hope the team can make the proper adjustments on the offensive line or at least get Harris playing at a decent level to warrant him being there as a starter. Um, Other issues I want to just quickly note are clock management really was a lot better this week than it was last week. I don't know what the team did differently, but they really ran the clock perfectly down to that last-second touchdown and two-point conversion. That was excellent, excellent clock management. More like that is hopefully to come. Hats off to J- uh, Jason McCadley, who made a huge catch for a first down. Uh, run after the catch was key. He's probably caught maybe one catch this season. And uh, he was one of those youngsters who, like Hicks, really stepped up in this game. I hope the Niners can continue to find some talent like that. Guys who can step up in in key situations give the 49ers a little bit of an edge. Terry Jackson's not a young guy, but he did it for this team. Hicks did it for this team. McCadley did it for this team. And Lloyd and Dorsey really, really came through on offense. Again, a way better, way better called game on both offense and defense for the coaching. This team was prepared. This team was ready to go. And they had fight in them. And that's what I expect to see on a week-to-week basis. Now, as the team moves towards the tight ends, it's really important that they build on this game. They can't take a step backwards. They have to figure out what's happening at the quarterback situation. And one way or another, they have to make sure they're moving forwards and not backwards for the rest of the season. Thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast a little bit longer this week, I know, but I had a lot to say, and hopefully you all enjoy it. Again, please forward me your questions so I can continue to feature them on the podcast, and feel free to send me any comments you like. Uh, One more final note is that I believe I've corrected the iTunes error that some of you were encountering. Everything in iTunes should be coming up properly with the podcast feed now, and uh, I look forward to your comments. Thank you all, and we'll speak to you again next week. of the 49ers had only just begun.